This movie really is just like Jim getting cucked for like 90 minutes. Welcome back to Spooktober. I am just, you know, every day we get further into the season, mm-hmm. we become more acclimated. Yep. Yeah. I loved watching this movie. It was like mm-hmm. really starting to get me in the, like the hunger for watching a bunch of Halloween movies. Like I really want to watch The Shining. I've never seen The Shining. It, it'll give you nightmares. That's like, why I haven't so watched creepy. it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've definitely been, like, trying to get more into, like, scary stuff over the past few years. But, you know, I'm, I'm going slow. Mm-hmm. I'm dipping my toe in. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, thus far, I've watched, I mean, obviously, Adam's Family. Mm-hmm. And uh, I watched Scream. Nice. And I actually watched Adam's Family Values the other day. Uh, my favorite. Love me some uh, Debbie. She's an icon. What else have I watched? I haven't watched much else, but I'm, like, saving – Halloween town for like Mm -hmm. my roommate and I are going to do like a movie night. So we're going to, you know, do the Halloween towns. And um, I mean, as we record this tomorrow night, I am uh, making Thanksgiving dinner and I figure we'll probably like watch a Halloween movie um, after that. Yeah, I love a a nice movie nightcap to a dinner party. For sure, for sure. Um, But I guess shall we talk about today's movie? I think we should tell the listeners today... We are covering 2003's classic, The Haunted Mansion. Ooh, Ooh. spooky. It was so funny to see it again after like a really long time because I went to Disney World in January. Oh, and yeah, I, you did. I yeah. rode The Haunted Mansion ride, but like I was just enjoying it, really didn't connect the dots of the plot lines. And now watching the movie again, I'm like, Ah, yes, like Madame Leota and like the singing. Master Gracie, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. they definitely um, incorporated a lot of the elements of the ride into this movie in a different way than um, Pirates of the Caribbean because I think Pirates was maybe the second ride to movie adaptation they did, the first one being Tower of Terror, I believe, but Pirates Mm. was the first like theatrical release that they did and was like obviously wildly popular but because pirates like doesn't like the ride doesn't really have much of a storyline yeah they had to like invent a lot more whereas haunted mansion had a little bit more uh structure to it for them to kind of like stick to mm-hmm. i will say i do love the pirates of the caribbean ride that ride was like, oh absolutely insane. It's so <laughs> it was good. like bonkers but yeah. yeah i really like the haunted mansion one mm-hmm. um very, very clever to do a ride to movie. It's like a really interesting. Yeah. As humans, I'm like, how did we come up with the ride to movie pipeline? Like, that's yeah. so insane. It's pretty wild. And I guess they don't really make, I guess, kind of like agnostic rides like this anymore that are just rides in their own right. They're all linked to movies now. Yeah, that's what I heard. I think Christina G told me that like they're really focusing on rides related to like intellectual mm-hmm. property. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, I guess, like, Matterhorn and stuff like that, I don't think were 
related mm-hmm. to movies in particular. But now it's all like, oh, you can go to the Marvel campus or like the Star Wars. Ratatouille. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, shall we throw some numbers out there? That's what the people came to hear. So we had a budget of $90 million, which was way higher than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I could not believe that. I was like, uh, was the castle gold? Did you make it in gold? <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, for reference, I'm pretty sure that like Twilight New Moon, which was made you know many years later, had a budget of like $37 million or something like that. Yeah. And to have a budget of ninety million in two thousand three, especially, is insane. But I do think they did a lot of set. They, I mean, they did do a lot of set building. Mm-hmm. So that definitely eats away into the budget. They didn't use like a an already found mansion because they had to replicate yeah. the like, especially the ballroom, the di- or the the dining room area. They wanted to like replicate the ride, so that costs a little more money. But luckily for them, amazing return, $182.3 million at the box office. Yeah, g- kudos to them Yeah, um, because it didn't even get good reviews. No, absolutely <laughs> terrible reviews. <laughs> so pretty shocking. But I'm sure like as you've, you've lived through it, um, it has a huge cult following. Yeah. So like it did – remain in the zeitgeist i mean we're talking Mm -hmm. about it right now yeah people still talk about it also just like eddie murphy in 2003 was an icon a legend absolutely exactly (laughs) oh yeah so i have like i'm not surprised that it did really well Mm -hmm. but i was surprised to hear that it got like really bad reviews when it came out i wasn't totally surprised because I mean, I'll I'll save my my overall thoughts for later, but I do think that yeah. there are, there's a lot of tonal inconsistencies in this movie. I agree with that, and I don't think that it fully like captures the spirit of the ride, which I think was very disappointing mm. to a lot of people. But we'll we'll talk about that more a little yeah. bit later. Um, in the meantime, however, big news that I didn't know until just yesterday. They're actually make they're doing a reboot. They're doing another Haunted Mansion movie, um, starring Rosario Dawson, Owen Wilson, Lakeith Stanfield, Danny DeVito, Lakeith to name a Stanfield. few. I know what <laughs> Danny DeVito is one hundred percent going to be. Um, wait, do you think he's going to be Ramsley, or do you think he's going to be like a different Ezra? story? So it's okay. not it's not the same story at all. It's just, you know, oh, also okay. set in a haunted mansion. I can read you the little synopsis though. Sure, go off. Let me pull it up. A single mom named Gabby and her nine-year-old son, who are looking to start a new life, move into a strangely affordable mansion in New Orleans, only to discover that the place is much more than they bargained for. Desperate for help, they contact a priest, Owen Wilson. Oh. Who in turn enlist the aid of a widowed scientist turned failed paranormal expert lakeith stanfield wow and a french quarter psychic uh who is played by tiffany haddish a crotchety (laughs) historian danny devito to exercise Mm -hmm. the mansion this looks like an amazing cast so Yeah. yeah definitely gonna have to see this um for sure I heard about the reboot, but I I really didn't know any details about it. So I'm more excited now. Yeah. It comes out next August, I believe. So Oh Jesus. Just <laughs> in time for the fall. I was like, oh, 2023, like maybe in the beginning of no. 
Absolutely not. I just added this in because I was curious the whole time I watched the fucking movie. Mm -hmm. The mansion's architecture is Renaissance-influenced with a mix of antebellum and Dutch colonial revival architecture. Mm. And I just want to say that the whole time I was so confused because I think I knew in the back of my brain that Gracie was like old, like he was Mm -hmm. however long ago died. But I was confused that no one was like, oh, you said your grandfather made it? This doesn't make any sense. This is not the architecture of the, like, that doesn't make any, no one questioned that? You're real estate agents. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, oh, this is like old European architecture, but America's not that old. Right. She's like, I love the Italian influence. And I'm like, Sarah, Sarah, come on. Yeah, because I guess, like, canonically, his grandfather would have been – so this is set in 2003. We're going to – how how much – how old are we guesstimating that he's pretending to be, like, in his 40s? I mean, I would say his grandfather would probably be, like, the 1920s at the latest. Maybe a little earlier because, like, let's say – let's say he's, like, 45 in 2003, right? So then his dad – okay. So that means he would have been born in like fifty eight. Okay. So like minus let's let's minus like twenty two for his dad. So let's say his dad was born in thirty six. Then we'll minus another you know twenty two. So yeah, like nineteen fourteen. Okay. Okay. That's what we're looking at for his grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. No one was making things that looked like that mansion in no. nineteen fourteen. Yeah, definitely not. That's just a little tidbit from us. But we we are no architecture historians, so yeah. <laughs> um, another fun fact is that there are five hidden Mickey's. I really only caught one of them, which was on the the padlock mm-hmm. in the beginning. There's a hidden Mickey, but there are others. So let us know if you find them. Yeah, I wasn't looking. I'll be honest. And this was the first film to air on Disney to contain any profanity besides like Howl or Damn. Eddie Murphy says big ass termites. I was surprised to hear them say that because I it's like a PG movie. But yeah. do I care? Not really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I guess without further ado, we should just uh head right into it. Let's jump in. So the first thing we see is like this spooky ooky. Uh, opening credits scene and they say welcome foolish mortals and my first thought in my notes was like damn they just call me foolish (laughs) but we see this like fancy masquerade ball in the mansion everyone's dancing I don't know if it's like the costumes in this opening scene or the way it's shot it looked like it was like a Halloween party in 2003 that was supposed to be old timey and I just thought it looked like oddly yeah like weird (laughs) but we see this letter being written um and sealed with like a wax seal it's very mysterious a man reads the letter and he like dashes off he rushes off and then this hand with a wine glass just falls limp and the wine Mm. spills all over the couch. Oh my God. There's no stain remover in whatever year this is. There's no (laughs) OxyClean. 
So that's terrifying. Yeah. And the man rushes down the stairs. He like clutches his dead, dearly departed and um, carries her out of the ball. And we see the ending of the letter forever yours, Elizabeth. The man just like goes ape shit. Um, he goes what we would call in my, my boyfriend's friend group chimp mode. And he just uh, destroys. Goblin mode. <laughs> goblin mode. He destroys everything in his office. And the next thing we see is him um, hanging in a noose. Yeah, like, that's just, like, shocked cut, me. Cut to <laughs> bleh. Like really insane transition. I did not think you were allowed to show that in like a PG I movie. I think that the standards have changed significantly. Yeah. Like I really think that they wouldn't be able to show that these days. Yeah, it really it caught me off guard. I was not expecting to see a man hanging in a noose in the first me 30 neither. seconds. <laughs> I was shocked. I was floored. I was like, "What?" Yeah, yeah, I was like, is this, like, way darker than I remember? And it's not, really. It's not. But- <laughs> it's just that they're just like, how do we get them in? How do we reel them in? I got it. Yeah. So, you Boom. know, shocking. Shocking opening. And we then have a little a little passage of time. And we're now in present day. We're in 2003. Mm-hmm. And we see this kid ride his bike up to the mansion. And he, like, walks up to the gate. But this, like spooky spirit flies at him and he's like peace and bikes out and behind him we see these flyers that have like flown out of his little like newspaper delivery boy bag and the flyers are for jim and sarah evers real estate Hmm. so we cut to jim eddie murphy he's showing a house to some prospective buyers the wife wants to buy it but the husband is being super picky and like has been with every single house that they've seen and he's like, I know what I like. And she's like, would you like a divorce? And I was like, oh, my God. She goes from zero to 100. Absolutely. So Jim cuts in and he's like, listen, I'm committed to helping you find the perfect house because at Evers and Evers, we want you to be happy for Evers and Evers. Uh, I thought that line was delivered so perfectly. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Jim then gets a call from his wife, Sarah, asking how the showing is going. So he takes this opportunity to pretend that it is another bidder. And he's like, oh, yes, this house is still available. Did you want to put in an offer? <laughs> and she's like, "I oh, yeah, I guess they're just some looky-loos. But anyways, I made us a dinner reservation at 7. Don't be late. And he just keeps, like, hamming it up for the clients in the background who end up, you know, taking the bait. They're like, we love the house. We want to put in an offer. So he gives them a pen to sign those papers. Mm-hmm. Cut to this tiki bar where Jim is meeting the sellers at the house to give them the offer. He's like, just like I promised you, they're thrilled. They're some class A like weirdos. And they're like – I hated uh, them. <laughs> I know. I, I really questioned – their presence in the Mm -hmm. movie (laughs) because I was like if you wanted us to be have this like thing happen like could you at least pick some better people yeah it was really just like damn I'm annoyed now I'm annoyed Mm -hmm. for two minutes yeah so like he goes to sit sit down with this couple at the tiki bar and they're like oh my god this is a big deal for us like we have to buy you a drink we insist he's like oh no i have to meet my wife for our anniversary and they're like happy anniversary (laughs) (laughs) oh my my gosh gosh. 
And then he's like, okay, okay, like, um, I'll have a ginger ale. And she's like, that's not a drink. Three volcanoes, Marty. And they're like, like we've been coming off. here since... <laughs> We've been coming here for years. We went to Hawaii for our like honeymoon. And he's like, oh, that's so nice. And they keep talking. He's like, sign the fucking papers. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, just got to get to my wife. Yeah. So finally, they sign the papers. He's on his way. And then just as he's about to leave, this couple goes, oh, did you just sell that couple's house? We overheard it. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a real estate agent and keeps walking. And he's like, oh, really? Because we're looking to buy. And he just like takes a breath and plasters on his real estate smile. And he's like, tell me about your dream home. Oh, my God. And yeah, sits down with them. So Jim gets home late. But he comes bearing gifts. He has like a teddy bear as an apology and also like a very fancy watch. She's definitely frustrated. She is like a lid, like just mildly charmed by this gesture. Yeah. But she is definitely like pissed off. And they get into this argument about how like, yes, they've sold seven houses this month, but Jim has missed birthday parties and soccer games and a barbecue. Mm hmm. And what I actually liked is that he very quickly is like, okay, you're right. Let, we're going to spend some time together as a family this weekend. Let's go to the lake. And yeah. I'm glad that they didn't like lean super hard into like, oh, this guy doesn't care about his family at all. Like he actually does care about his family very deeply. Right. It's so – it's so overused to be like – Oh, you haven't spent time with us. And they're like, but I need to make the money. I'm the yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. None of that here, luckily. So he's like, you know what? Let's take off for the weekend. We'll go down to the lake with the kids like we did last year. And so she's very happy to hear this. And he goes upstairs to tell the kids the good news. Yeah. You can tell that they have a really good relationship. They're just kind of going through a rough patch. Yeah. So he goes upstairs and – Jim's son, Michael, just immediately comes running out, screaming bloody murder. He's like, there's a spider in my room. We got to move. <laughs> and Jim, like, he's like, it's okay. Like, let's go back in there. I'm going to show you how to kill a spider. And he picks up some magazines and notices that Michael has stolen his Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. Also, I was and surprised like, okay. to see that, too. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> He's like, okay, if you can look at this, then yeah, you, you're going to kill this spider. Mm. You, you're an adult. So he like rolls up the thing and he's like, all right, and we're going to whack the spider. We're going to whack it right here. Make sure the spider doesn't get away. And he gives it to um, Michael. But Michael's just like, I can't do it. I don't want to whack the spider. He's like, you're going to whack the spider. He's like, I don't want to whack the spider. And then Jim takes this opportunity to teach him like a bigger life lesson. And he's like, listen, you shouldn't ever be scared of anything because people will use that against you. Kill the spider, kill the spider. Eventually, Jim's daughter Megan comes in and takes the magazine, whacks the spider herself. So while this is happening, Mrs. Evers gets a call from a new client. She writes down their info and the man is you know, calling on behalf of his employer who is trying to sell his house. He says it's a very old home and his employer is just anxious to move on so he asks if it would be possible for her 
to come alone to meet the master of the house because he doesn't usually meet with anyone, but he thought that, like, she had a trustworthy face, unlike her husband. And she's like, okay, I guess, like, you I would have hung up. <laughs> Yeah, I would have called the police or something. Right. <laughs> I can't say that any of that would have led me to to say, yeah, um, we can definitely come by. I will be in a room with you. You seem safe. Yeah. And stable. So she realizes that they must have seen her from the flyer, and the caller asks to meet tomorrow evening, but she's like, well, actually, tomorrow I have plans that can't be broken, and Jim comes down and is like, oh, like, who are you talking to? What's going on? And she tells him that it's somebody who wants them to, you know, sell their house, and he asks where the house is and realizes that it's in, like, a very schmancy area. There's, like, multi-million dollar mansions out there, so this could be, like, a huge sale for them. And she's like, but what about our big family adventure? Yeah. She has her priorities straight. Mm -hmm. So as we can all expect, they are going to the mansion. And the kids don't really know until the last minute. And Jim is like, okay, we're taking a little 20-minute detour. You know, 20 minutes tops. That's like a theme in the film. Yeah. And only Jim is thrilled about this detour. Megan's like what and sarah is just like along for the ride at this point so um jim gets a call from stan about a new property and he's like oh well i'm out of town for the weekend but maybe i can come back early and sarah's like Mm. death stare and he's like actually we'll have to wait until monday thank you (laughs) (laughs) so they keep driving and michael like looks out the window and he's like are we still in America? <laughs> and I did notice, though, on the like license plate of their car, it said Louisiana, which yeah. I never realized. So they finally arrive at the mansion, and they see this huge gate. Jim like honks the horn, but it doesn't open up. He like calls out, but nobody is answering. So him and Sarah walk up to the gate, and they see this huge padlock on it, and our first hidden Mickey of the movie. Wow. She is like, you know what? Like, clearly they aren't going to open up the gate. Let's just go. It's getting late. But Jim tells her that she gives up too easily. Like, she needs to be more patient. And as they're walking away, the gate mysteriously swings open. And Jim doesn't really think anything of it. He's like, all right, lit. let's do it. Perfect. <laughs> so... Everyone gets out of the car once they kind of like drive up to the house and they're just kind of checking out the grounds, the architecture. And Sarah suggests that they like go around back. The kids are super hungry. He's continuing to promise them it's just 20 minutes tops. And we have this little exchange between like Michael and Jim where Michael's (laughs) like, oh, can we go back to that pizza place where I ate a whole pizza and then I threw up? (laughs) Sure. He's like, "Um, only if we don't get a repeat performance. Yeah. So they then notice that there is this simply massive cemetery, hundreds and hundreds of tombstones. And um, I can't remember which one it is, but the difference between a cemetery and a graveyard is that one of them is attached to a church. I think it's a graveyard. Oh, interesting. Is what it's called when it's attached to a church. I saw that on TikTok recently. Wow. So Megan is like, who's going to want to buy a house with like – a bunch of dead bodies right next to it. But 
Sarah and Jim spin team extraordinaire are like, oh, like, we're not going to focus on that. We're just going to talk about the architecture and the history, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they're still very open minded despite Mm -hmm. all of the creepy shit that's already happened. Yeah, they got money on the brain right now. So, (laughs) yeah, then all of a sudden it starts pouring rain, thunder and lightning out of nowhere. Yes. So they run to the front door and use the gigantic knocker, um, which is also an innuendo joke that happens. Like, he's like, oh, these are huge knockers. Yeah. (laughs) And no one answers or anything. But suddenly the door opens seemingly on its own. So the Evers walk in. Still no one's there. But Jim is very excited to be selling such an elite house And the kids are like, this house smells like grandma. (laughs) Then Michael spots a spider and he kind of like freaks out. Out of nowhere, a man begins walking down the hallway. We find out that this man is Ramsley and he asks for Sarah Evers, introduces himself. Jim also introduces himself. And Ramsley is like, hmm, well, I wasn't expecting anyone else. So that fucking sucks. (laughs) And Sarah explains that she was going out of town and also like Jim is in full salesman mode. He's like, you know, we wanted to make sure we could exert the full effort of our team. So his next move in his chess game is to offer Ramsley a waterproof calendar as a token of their appreciation. Naturally. And Ramsley is like, okay, I will have to add some settings because my master wants to discuss the house over dinner. And Sarah's like, oh, we can't stay. But Jim is like, perfect. Sounds amazing. (laughs) They walk down the hall, which is filled with um, suits of armor. And they enter like this very old timey dining room, which I like was weirded out by that like they kept the cobwebs on the candelabras on the table, but they also had like a full spread on the table. (laughs) The proximity of uh, a spider web and food is not uh, one that I want to be super close. It's not for me, but it looks cool. It's like a bunch of candelabras and a ton of food. And Ramsey's like, the master will be with you shortly. This role is like Taylor fucking made for Terrence Stamp. Like, he... It fits him like a glove. Simply perfect in this role. He is so creepy and ominous and menacing. And when he walks, it literally looks like he's floating half of the time. Like, it's it's pretty insane. He's incredible as Ramsley. I really enjoyed his performance. Mm -hmm. So, Ramsley, like, excuses himself, and Sarah walks over to this huge fireplace. Like, it's taller than she is, and her and Jim are admiring it, and he's like, oh, we could have one heck of a weenie roast in here. (laughs) They just kind of, like, admire the architecture and the detail, and suddenly, creepy little Master Gracie just loitering in the corner is like, oh, because she says, like, I've never seen something like this, and he's like, haven't you? (laughs) And, uh... (laughs) They're like, oh, hey. So he talks about how his grandfather spared no expense when he built this house. Jim goes up full salesman mode to introduce himself and sticks his hand out. But Gracie does not uh, shake his hand. Sarah also introduces herself and the kids. And Gracie tells her that she has beautiful children. And Jim is like, 
Well, you know, I kick some chromosomes in too. And they're like, that's great, sweetie. Shut your trap. (laughs) So Ramsley comes back in, (laughs) seats them for dinner, and tells them that Master Gracie was so happy that um, Sarah could come on such short notice and says that they normally, you know, wouldn't call so abruptly, but they had no other choice. There's been a lot more um, disturbances in the house lately. Bro, what? So... That's creepy. Right. Gracie asks Sarah what she thinks of the house, and she says, you know, she thinks it's incredible, the Italian influence, the Renaissance style of molding, the attention to detail. He's like, yes, my grandfather took great care. He put a lot of love into building this mansion, and then he just, like, stares at her. It's very, (laughs) like, creepy and ominous. And then she's staring at Jim and Jim's staring at her and they're like, what the fuck is going on here? Is it, does she stare back at Gracie or does she stare at Jim? I think she like, doesn't she look at Gracie and then doesn't she look back at Jim? Oh, maybe. I can't remember. But there's a lot of staring going on. There is. (laughs) He, I'll tell you one thing I know for sure. Mm -hmm. Gracie was staring. Absolutely. That's for absolute positive. (laughs) So later on. I really don't know why they did this, but it's like that weird staring moment and then just a crack of thunder. Mm-hmm. And then we're in the same room. Yep. And I'm like, okay. They're like, five minutes has passed. <laughs> right. Yeah. So Gracie continues to talk about the house. He says that it's his inheritance, his birthright, but lately it's become too much to bear. And then just immediately he's like, do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> um, I almost called him Eddie Murphy. But Jim is like, of course, but, like, why don't we focus on how many bathrooms the house has? Like, you know, what the toilet situation is. People people love the bathrooms. Maybe let's focus on that in the listing then. Um, And then Ramsley is like... (laughs) Retelling it is honestly more funny than the movie. Ramsley comes in and he's like, the the lake has flooded. Wait, <laughs> hold on. He's cocky now. <laughs> yeah. He's Oi, like, the Oi, lake mate. is flooded. <laughs> I'm driving on the wrong side of the road now, isn't it? Um, Ramsey's like, master, like the the road has the storm has flooded the road, and you won't be able to leave the mansion tonight. Ooh. Yeah. Gracie's like, well, you're more than welcome to spend the night here. Megan is pissed, and Sarah's like, oh, we really can't. But Gracie's like, well, there's no other way. So Guess you're stuck with me. Sucks to (laughs) suck. Yeah. He's like, Sarah, you can sleep in my bed tonight. (laughs) Jim, you can sleep at the foot of the bed. (laughs) Jim, I have this fun gimp suit if you wanted to wear it. Oh, my God. (laughs) This movie really is just like Jim getting cucked for like 90 minutes. It's, It's also really funny how like they keep cutting back throughout the night to Sarah and Gracie Mm -hmm. but like they never like talk about anything like they they aren't we don't cut to them and she's like oh haha when I was a kid like they don't get along they're not chatting no he's basically just like holding her hostage yeah he's just telling her the story and taking a very long time to do it apparently because so much else is happening it's like very emo (laughs) yeah just some like rich emo guy who's like I need to talk to you all night. It's very um, 
Bruce Wayne, but <laughs> she also never seems to find any like red flags of the fact that this like man has taken her on this like midnight tour of the mansion. <laughs> right. And like you must know that it's like 3 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. But before that happens, Ramsley shows everyone to their rooms. The children get their own room. And, you know, the parents say goodnight to their kids. And Jim is like, hey, make sure, like, when you flush the toilet, tell me how quickly it refills. Because <laughs> always working. Always. There's no off switch in this one. Mm-hmm. So Jim and Sarah then get to their room. And Ramsley asks if there's, you know, anything that they might need. And Jim, the jokester, making cracking cracking jokes about him getting chocolates for their pillow like it's a hotel and ramsley simply walks away (laughs) no response yeah so inside the room sarah and jim kind of get into an argument because she's annoyed that they're missing like the first day of their little holiday getaway they weren't even supposed to be here and jim is like listen this house is a big opportunity for us and she's like no it's a big opportunity for you And he gets a little snippy with her. And he's like, oh, well, that doesn't matter as long as I'm bringing you expensive gifts, right? I'm like, there's no context that she asked you to get that. No. She asked you to come to dinner. Yeah. She was like, I just want to have an anniversary dinner. She's not like, darling, get me a giant fancy watch. Where are my diamonds? Like, that is not her vibe at all. So it's it's very left field and inconsistent for me. Mm-hmm. But she gets really pissed off. She takes off the watch that he bought her and like throws it on the bed and runs to the bathroom. He tries to apologize, but she won't open the door. And when he turns around, good old Ramsley standing right behind him. <laughs> right. Two inches from his fucking back. Yeah. And Ramsley is like, Master Gracie would like to have a word with you. And Jim is like, okay, sure. Sweetheart, I'll be right back. So they make their way to the library and Jim asks Ramsley if he's ever been to a tanning salon because he has a friend <laughs> that could do something about that ashy white look of his and the ladies would love it. Oh my and God. And Ramsley's like, fuck off. Like, I think he says something like, yeah, sure. Yeah. So they get to the library. Ramsley offers Jim a drink, which I'm shocked wasn't poisoned. Yeah. And... I was like, right? like why wouldn't like uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't understand why he didn't poison him and I don't understand why he drank it. So a lot of questions. But yeah. um Jim just kind of like waits and admires the portrait of Gracie hanging above the fireplace. And he's like, Oh, I should get one of these for my living room. And he asks Ramsley how long he's been a butler. And he's like, A long time. And he's like, Oh, well. What are some of the most important qualifications, you know, in case I need to do a few interviews? And Ramsley is like, well, attending to every detail, understanding priorities, and above all, knowing one's place. Then Jim starts asking about Gracie's interests. And he's like, oh, he likes art, literature, beauty. And Jim is like, okay, and um, what was all that like Mishigas about ghosts? And he's like, oh, you don't believe in ghosts? And he's like, no. No. I don't believe in ghosts. No. (laughs) And Ramsley confesses to Jim that Gracie is not well and that he needs to leave this house and move on. It is of the gravest importance or he fears the very worst. 
Just zero to 100. My God. It's a roller coaster ride, baby. Meanwhile, Megan is, you know, complaining about the fact that she can't get any reception on her cell. And Michael is just wistfully looking out the window being like, do you think it'll stop raining soon? One thing that did bother me about this movie is that we get almost no development of um, the kids. Yeah, they're, I mean, Michael. It's like Michael is scared and and Megan is tough. And that's really. The extent, yeah. Oh, my God. So they're very surface level, which I found surprising, especially for a kid's movie. I feel like usually. Eddie Murphy is the star. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Which I, don't get me wrong, love Eddie Murphy. He does his thing. So I think that if you're hiring him for a role, Mm -hmm. either you need to make him like the star confirmed or you need to have the ensemble be just as punchy. Right. Otherwise, it feels like really incongruous. Yeah, for sure. So back in the library, Jim is snooping around and actually – steals a cigar and some matches <laughs> i was like okay bold i'm like yeah they haven't even hired you yet we got a little kleptomaniac in our midst right a little winona rider on our hands mm. who actually is in the new movie so that's really funny yeah uh then he he decides to really make himself at home and sits at gracie's desk and is pretending to be like posh and british she's like I just came back from the continent and I read this book. The continent? And he like, in the process, spills his drink, Mm -hmm. staining the rug. And uh, when he gets up, he ends up knocking over like the head of this statue. And when it does, a secret door opens. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Cut back to the kids who have found a music box in their room. Uh, Michael opens it. This couple dances around the music box, and in the mirror, he actually sees this blue light shining behind him. So he calls out for Megan. She rushes out of the bathroom, and there's just this blue orb that's, like, floating in their room. And Michael's like, it's a ghost ball. And the ball floats towards them before flying out of the room. And it's kind of, like, implied by the the movement language of this orb mm, that The they movement want. language. I like I that. I know. <laughs> How awful. Um, I was going to say body language, but I was like, right. that doesn't make any sense. So Megan's like, I think that it wants us to follow it. So she goes after it, much to Michael's chagrin, but he does end up grabbing his backpack and, like, following the orb. What happens to his backpack? I don't think... No, no (laughs) follow-up. Whoever was on continuity for that shot. Scripty fucked up on that one. Should have known better, Um, yeah. But yeah, because he does not have a backpack for the rest of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, like at all. But back to Jim. He decides to go into this little like secret door tunnel situation And the door actually ends up closing behind him. So he is trapped in these secret passageways. Luckily for him, uh, he is a klepto and he still does matches. So he lights one and starts making his way through the tunnel. 
Back upstairs, Sarah uh, goes into the hallway where she finds Emma, the maid, and asks if she's seen Jim. But Emma just, like, stares at her and looks terrified and runs away. (laughs) Sarah, for some reason, like, runs after her and ends up getting to the foyer, but she's gone. And when she turns around, boom, Ramsley standing right there, inches away from her face. And uh, he ends up telling her that he left Jim in the library. So Sarah goes into the library where she doesn't find Jim, but actually finds Gracie sitting alone. And she comes in being like, I know we've been fighting, but it's late. Like, come to bed with me. And then she's like, oh, my God. And like (laughs) trips over a pile of books. And she like gets up and he helps her. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, Ramsey. Ramsley. Yeah, I kept writing Ramsey, and I was like, that's not his name. (laughs) Right. The chef. um, Mm. He's like, what the fuck is this? What are you? An idiot sandwich. (laughs) So he's like, oh, Ramsley hates it when I leave my stuff everywhere. But he says that once you get to know Ramsley, like, you find out he's really sweet. I doubt that. I'm sorry. Like, (laughs) I know. This man does not have a sweet bone in his body. (laughs) I would have to agree. He did say that, like, Ramsley is, like, a father to him, which I believe. Right. Um, But if your father was, like, a A cold, withholding. Yeah, cold, withholding man. (laughs) So, sure, whatever. Yeah. And Sarah asks Gracie why he wants to sell this house since it's been in his family for generations. And I'm like, well, if we listen to what he initially said, it's really just his grandfather, his father, and him. Right. So that's not really a lot. Yeah. If we knew or if we used our cognitive, our comprehensive mm-hmm. reading skills, yeah, yeah, it would be a little different. Mm-hmm. So he tells her that it's because the walls are filled with painful memories. And he says that for her to understand that, he must show her and offers her his arm. Mm. So they walk through and he tells her that this house was once filled with Life, parties, dancing, and above all, hope. Being a Gracie meant you were denied nothing. The world was yours. Then he tells her about Elizabeth and how hers is the story that haunts these walls. I can't help but think about uh, the historical implications of that, given that... So if, if Gracie's... Gracie's British, obviously, so... You know, there's probably a colonial oh, because, past there. Right, we're right. In, and we're in the South. And so being like, being a Gracie meant you were denied nothing. I'm like, well, yeah, obviously, at that time, you were denied nothing. <laughs> right. No, definitely. I did think that it was interesting, though, to have um, like Black family mm-hmm. be the love interest, like to be mm-hmm. the Evers, right? And then also have, you know, Sarah be Elizabeth. Yeah. Because I feel like so many period pieces are always just like, well, we have to have an all-white cast because mm-hmm. it's a period piece. Yeah. So I did appreciate that, but it definitely has some colonial implications. And by that, yes. I mean slavery. Yeah, absolutely. And that's also like further enforced when the fact that like people were opposed to edward and elizabeth's marriage and that it would like people like oh it wasn't right like you can't run away with her so there was clearly opposition although it does feel more like because they don't use any language Mm -hmm. regarding slavery yeah so i'm wondering if it was kind of just like a a race blind 
choice yeah or if it was like on purpose yeah that I no way of knowing yeah <laughs> i guess we'll never know right so we go back to the kids who are continuing to follow this blue light which leads them to an elevator michael would literally rather die than go on this elevator he's like when's the last time this thing was inspected um never probably yeah this is a home elevator my man yeah um but yeah megan drags him on and they follow the blue light meanwhile jim he manages to find an exit from the the little passageways through a painting which also has like little cutout eyes you can look through which was a cute little detail <laughs> so as he's walking through this corridor of portraits we see them kind of like transform into this like dark fiery imagery as he walks past them and he also walks past some like busts which turn to like watch him as he passes which is a nice little um nod to the ride where i was actually watching on disney plus you can watch like breakdowns of each ride in disneyland and no like kind of their history yeah so i watched the haunted wow. mansion one it's super interesting i really recommend it uh, i can't remember the name of like the show that it's from but if you go into like the disney parks collection on disney plus they have yeah. like every episode for every ride and yeah the way that they figured out how to do this optical illusion of like the bus that are following you as you pass them is that it's actually the inside of because they made like the the bus right and there's like the carving and stuff but if you look mm -hmm. on the other side the inside where it's like the indented part yeah if you walk past that it looks like it's following you and they discovered that just by like walking past them in the studio and they were like oh shit it actually looks like it's following me cool which is very cool I did find out that on the ride, this was told to me by Christina G, that like Madame Leota yes. is- She's an uh, Imagineer. What? She's like, she was an Imagineer back in the day. That's what they oh, called her. Like, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she was like a real Imagineer who like worked Whoa. in the parks and they got her to like, her name was Leota and they got her to do like the, they filmed her to, you know- do the whole Madame Leota thing. And mm -hmm. when they transform it for Christmas, because they do like a whole Nightmare Before Christmas theme uh, in Haunted Mansion. So they had to like re-record a new Madame Leota. And they got her daughter, who is also an Imagineer, Aww. to record. Whoa. Yeah, to record the the uh, like the Christmas Madame Leota. So keeping it in the family. That's so cool. But yeah, so this her daughter would like take her kids to Disneyland and they would go on the ride so they could like see their grandmother after she passed. Cause like that's Aww. their grandmother's face and voice. So that's so sweet. Yeah. I was just going to say that that feature on the ride has an internal projector, mm. which makes it look like it's actually like a floating orb. Yeah. Um, it looks really cool. <laughs> yes, it does. Less heartfelt fact. <laughs> Do you enjoy the drama of a good relationship story? Or judging whether or not someone is an asshole? Then you should check out the Reddit on Wiki podcast where I, Josh Shell, and my co-hosts, John and Sean, react to some of the craziest stories we can find on Reddit. From terrible relationship stories to crazy mother-in-laws, we cover it all every Monday and Friday. So subscribe to Reddit on Wiki on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, bring the tea. So, yes, Jim walks past these busts, which are staring at him, and he comes upon this door that is, like, breathing. And that is where he says, oh, yeah. those are some big-ass termites. He does say that. 
Meanwhile, the kids follow the orb up some stairs and through a door. Jim is like, yeah, this is a great idea. And he walks towards the breathing door. And when he opens the door, there's just like this phone ringing. And he picks up the phone, but there's no one on the other line. It is Ramsey, though. We do see like a cutaway of like him hanging up the phone. Yeah. And in this room, Jim like walks by this mirror. He looks in the mirror, like adjusts his tie. And then he gets spooked by a crow on top of the mirror. And when he looks back at his reflection, he is a rotting corpse. Mm. So he like screams and like drops the candelabra, which shockingly does not put the place on fire. Yeah. But when he looks back in the mirror, he's like normal again. Spooky. So the kids continue to follow this light and they're in kind of like an attic space. Megan sees this wedding dress on a mannequin and then they find the spookiest thing of all, a giant portrait of their mother. What? Then they are found by the one and only Wallace Shawn, <laughs> a.k.a. Ezra. I love Wallace Shawn so much. I did Me not too. remember he was in this movie, so it was a delight to see him on screen, as it always is. So he's like, what are you doing here? Like, you need to leave here at once. And they're like, <laughs> who's in this portrait? And he's like, it's none of your business. You gotta get out of here. But then Emma, the maid, comes up with uh, a tray of biscuits and tells them that her name was Elizabeth, the woman in the portrait. Mm. So Emma and Ezra kind of like bicker about her having these cookies and whether or not the children should know about Elizabeth. And she's like, they're involved. They should know. But they hear a door creak. So Emma and Ezra hide the kids under a table and Ramsley walks up and is like, the children aren't in their room. Have you seen them? And Emma's like, "Kid, what kids? What are you talking about? You sound crazy. What, what kids are you talking about? <laughs> you sound about? freaking crazy, man. Yeah, are you okay? You should take a nap. <laughs> and um, he's like, the children that she wasn't supposed to bring along with that brainless husband. And he like goes off for like a while about how Jim is an insufferable fool and tells them that if they find them, to bring them to him because nothing further will interfere with the master's plan. Ezra's also like, oh, yeah, brainless fool. Totally. Totally, totally, totally. What's Jim up to? Oh, he's just hearing a woman's voice and he's mm. calling out to it. Um, he's like, hey, you know, I'm a little lost, a little frazzled. But when he walks into the room, he doesn't see anyone. And then... In this crystal ball, we see Madame Leota, and she's like, who do you seek? So she pulls out a chair and, like, traps him at the table, and she asks him again who he seeks, and he's like, I'm seeking a way out. <laughs> and she's like, you have to look within, and there are great evil spirits in this house that are looking to destroy you. So Leota calls out to the spirits and she's like, I call the dark spirits forth. And Jim is like, do not call the dark spirits. Do not <laughs> call out the dark, the dark spirits. And she lifts up Jim and creates this like tornado type thing. Like the table is spinning. His chair is spinning. It's like a whole thing. I did watch the uh, the behind the scenes of them like shooting this. 
And like obviously yeah. it's in front of a green screen, right? But they did have Eddie Murphy like sitting in a chair that was spinning around this table. Ooh. And apparently it was like so fast that all the stunt doubles were like, yeah, I'm not doing this. So Eddie Murphy had to do it himself. I wonder if he threw up afterwards. Yeah. I feel like I would. Yeah, it looked like um, – like the thing that they do to astronauts to like get them, yeah, like acclimated <laughs> used to that. To cheese, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, it looks like that. <laughs> That's crazy. So she tells him to follow the light, um, to get out, and that his family is at stake. But how to survive? You must gain new sight, and he's like, I must gain new underwear, because he's Eddie Murphy. He's always cracking jokes. Yeah. Then Madame Leota urges him to break the curse and tells him there's no escape unless he lifts the spell. Very cryptic, Mm -hmm. this whole thing. She also has like some rhymes that she's doing. Yeah. And it's really quite straightforward. She's just like, you need to follow the light. You need to get out. Mm -hmm. And he's like, literally how (laughs) I'm begging you to tell me. So Jim keeps spinning and Madame Leota finally drops him then Jim runs out and these like musical instruments from the room that were also floating follow him. So he is running, pursued by instruments and ends up like finally being able to escape them and lands himself in a stairwell where he reunites with his children. Jim is like, okay, get your things because we're fucking leaving. This place is crazy. <laughs> and Michael and Megan are like, we can't. There's a problem. And Ezra flies down the stairs and tells him that Sarah can't leave. But for some reason, he can't tell him why. I'm like, what? Like, it's never explained why. I also don't understand. Yeah. Like, is it the type of thing where, like, they, they are not able to speak of the curse? or I don't know. It's never explained. But for some reason, they can't tell him what's going on. And... Jim tells Megan and Michael that, like, ghosts aren't real. They're obviously hallucinating. It was from the chicken that they ate. There was something off with it. But Emma flies down. She's like, it wasn't the chicken. And Jim is like, okay, whatever. But we're leaving. So it doesn't matter. But the kids say that they need to help Emma and Ezra. They need to break the curse. And he's like, there's no helping the dead. That's the nature of being dead. Like, there's nothing we can do for them. Ezra agrees because he wants them to, like, stick to their own business. But Megan says that they need to break the curse. And so Jim asks if they've seen the crazy green gypsy in the paperweight, meaning Madeline Leota. So Megan is like, okay, well, we have to go see her. And Michael tells Jim that mom is in trouble. And he's like, what kind of trouble? Dun, dun, dun. The movie is just rolling on by. They're like, let's get it out there like i feel like i'm almost at the end here they said no character development plot Mm -hmm. only (laughs) (laughs) only plot no character Mm -hmm. so the kids take jim back to the attic and show him the painting of elizabeth that looks like a spitting image of their mother meanwhile gracie is still talking to sarah it must be like three in the morning and he's like ah yes the story of elizabeth she was young beautiful and in love with my grandfather of course LOL. and he looked <laughs> lol very cheeky and he's like you know he loved her more than life itself but they were from different stations and they couldn't be together so sarah asks him how she died 
And Gracie's like, she poisoned herself. And after that, his life became unbearable. And he hung himself. His soul wanders these halls just waiting for her to return. And if you listen carefully, you can still hear the beating of his broken heart. (gasps) Yeah. He's kind of sexy. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. For for sure. For sure. (laughs) Um, He was also, if you remember in Stardust, remember Tristan's dad? Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) That's insane. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, no, he's he's hot for sure. Remember when Tristan's dad was like, I'm going to go to a place I'm not supposed to be, immediately get someone pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> he pre- he looked at her and she was like, I'm with child, essentially. Right. Yeah. Um. No, he's super hot. And while I do think that Sarah is pretty stupid for like ignoring how weird the situation is, I too might find myself entranced by this man in this moonlight <laughs> tour of the house. <laughs> to be fair, I don't find him per- like I find his actions to be odd, but I don't find him particularly creepy. Like yeah. I think he is we find out like he is a nice guy. Mm. Like he's he's not a villain or anything. Yeah, the situation is just weird. But yeah, so weird. <laughs> That's so crazy. Um yeah. <laughs> But I did think that that line of like, oh, if you listen carefully, you can still hear his broken heart. His broken um, heart beating. Gave me very, you know, Edgar Allan Poe, a little telltale heart. Yeah. Which I thought was a cool little reference. So back in Madame Leota's room, Jim watches like he he's given, you know, a little surveillance footage of Gracie and Sarah talking. And mm-hmm. he's like. Is this the reason we were brought here? So this dead guy could get jiggy with my wife? (laughs) (laughs) And Ezra asks if he's upset. And Jim is like, am I upset? The guy's dead. He's trying to get with my wife. (laughs) And the house isn't really for sale. Which seems to be what's bothering him the most. Right, Uh, (laughs) right. So He's like, am I a Nikki fan? (laughs) Pull up in the Sri Lanka. I don't get a commission check. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh my gosh. I gotta stop saying that. I just love that. TikTok so much. Oh my gosh. So Emma asks Madame Leota if Sarah really is Elizabeth. And Leota says that it's true. She walks these halls, but things aren't as they seem. Which I am now, because I forgot about this line. Now I'm like, oh... That makes sense because of a reveal that we're getting later. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she yeah. does technically roam these halls. Mm-hmm. So she says, in order for the truth to be lifted, they need to find the key. And to find the key, they need to enter the tomb under the great dead oak in the black crypt that bears no name. And she says the key is the answer to all. And Megan is like, but there's one problem. How do we get out of here? And Ezra's like, well, there's always my way. My way. My way or the highway. <laughs> I'm like, Ezra, why didn't you tell anyone about this earlier? Yeah, very convenient. It just seems like, yeah, he's like, I can't tell you, but there's like a little secret yeah. in the mansion. <laughs> but I can ruin the entire castle and jut out Absolutely. with my... Yeah, so Key Hunt... Come on, girls, we're going key hunting. <laughs> Ezra takes them on this ghostly 
horse-drawn carriage um, just like busts out of the castle, bricks everywhere. They go through the woods. Emma tells Ezra to move over before he kills them all because he's like a crazy driver. Yeah. And then Megan tells her dad to look out the window. There are just a ton of ghosts just roaming about. Uh, some are like simply having a blast. Yeah, they look like so happy. Um, <laughs> they're playing with like guns. They're on a seesaw. They're ghost cycling. And Michael is just like, Dad, I see dead people. Mm. I thought was like a funny little callback. Um, again, not as funny as Eddie Murphy. So yeah, so don't get too big for your britches, kid. <laughs> yeah, don't get it twisted. But Jim asks why all these ghosts are here, and Emma tells them that when they died, they couldn't find the light, and now they're trapped and doomed to wander the earth for all eternity. And a ghost appears in their carriage for just no reason whatsoever, and Jim is like, what are you doing here? And the ghosts are like, he can't see me, right? Like, he can't see me. Mm. And the other ghost is like, oh, yeah, there's no way he can see you. And he's like, I'm looking right at you. You're wearing a hat. <laughs> right. And they get out and the ghosts are like, wow, I, I thought he could see me for a second. Well, yeah, that's that's like a nice little callback to the end of the Haunted Mansion ride when you like look in the mirror and they're the ghost sitting in your little like um, your little seat with you. Do you remember that part? I must of the have ride? missed that. Yeah, it's like the very end. It like swings you around to this mirror and you see like ghosts like hitching a ride with you. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. So we go back to Gracie and his grand love affair. He is showing Sarah Elizabeth's wedding dress that she never got to wear. And Sarah's like, wow, I can't even imagine like loving someone that much and losing them so suddenly. It must be awful. And he says that if you truly love someone, they never leave you. They're always in your heart. I am a little confused why he thinks that his dead lover in the foyer would be like out here selling houses. Well, we learn later on that it was prophesized. Is that the word? There was a prophecy. Oh, yeah. Um, by Madame, Madame Leota. Leota had a prophecy that yeah. she would return. But I'm like, can they never thought maybe it was like a different, different she meant something like a little bit different. Because yeah. it just seems weird that they're like, oh, yeah, a ghost is like a real estate agent. And I guess it could be like a reincarnation. I don't know. Yeah, Anyways. I think I think it's implied that it's supposed to be like a reincarnation yeah. situation. Um. Yeah, but it is never really explained. It's also never explained, like, why she looks exactly like this woman from however long ago, but... Right. Alas, I do love a good doppelganger storyline. Of course. So we go back to the woods where Megan, however, has a very different take than everybody else, and she's like, wow, it's so romantic how, like, Edward sacrificed everything (laughs) for love. And Jim is like, yeah, now he's broke, dead, and cursed. Nice move. (laughs) So they, you know, they're trying to find this tomb. They end up getting lost, and they hear this singing. And we walk around to see some singing busts, another little callback to the ride. They are just, you know, barbershop quartetting it up. 
And Jim asks where the mausoleum is. He's trying to like get some information out the of them. Old oak tree. But they're simply either just repeating what he's saying or going off into some other song, not really being helpful mm-hmm. at all. And he's kind of like, just drifting. Yeah. And he's like, listen, you guys have great harmonies, but I am literally just trying to find this key. I'm looking for the mausoleum. But luckily, Megan finds it. They head towards the mausoleum. And she reads this sign out front in Latin that says, Beware all who enter. Here lies the passage to the dead. So Michael is like, I'm going to head out now and starts to run away. But Jim stops him. He's like, listen, we talked about this. You're 10 now. You need to start being a man. I'm like, he's only 10. (laughs) That is not a lot of years to be on this earth. Right. So Jim ends up asking Megan to stay outside with Michael while he goes inside to get the key. He opens up the door, grabs a little torch, and says he'll be right back. 20 minutes tops. Mm. Meanwhile, someone, probably Ramsley, is watching Jim enter the mausoleum in the crystal ball. So in the mausoleum, Jim is trying to remember Madame Leota's clue, like a crypt with no name, da da da. Megan pops up out of nowhere and reminds him that the clue is find the black crypt with no name, or soon your fate will be the same. And he's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, I knew you needed help. Michael's fine. So they spot the black crypt and walk towards it. Jim says he's getting really sick of this place. And Megan reminds him that it was his idea to come here. And he's like, well, that's because I take my responsibility as a breadwinner very seriously. And I want you to have everything I never had. I'm sorry. Are you not equal business partners? Like, are they not equal business partners, Sarah and Jim? I guess I think that what it was is more like, right. So it also is like sus that he's saying that. Mm-hmm. I think he's just working more. Like, I think mm. they both are equal business partners. Right. But he's just like, I got to sell li- literally every house that comes out. And she's like, I'm working, but I'm also taking our children to soccer practice and like yeah, going to the birthday parties that you're missing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's just like doing some like overcompensating. Megan tells him that she didn't know he had a bad childhood. And Jim is like, well, you know, I didn't. <laughs> and Megan is like, okay, then why do we have to have everything you didn't have? He's like, don't trip me up. And he hands her the torch to hold while he opens the crypt. And when I tell you, he just kind of pushes that lid aside yeah. and it's just like, <laughs> Like, fucking smashes to the floor. Like, no regard yeah. for, like, maybe I should put this back once I grab the key. He's just like, anyways. Nah. <laughs> anyways. Beep. So, <laughs> he gets that top right off. And he has to grab the key that the skeleton is holding on to. Um, which is, like, terrifying and grotesque. Yeah. And he definitely is, like... Uh, like he's like very grossed out, but he gets the key and they're like, all right, let's get the hell out of here. But as they're leaving, the skeleton bolts upright and looks at them and it gets out of its freaking crypt and Jim drops the key. He's like, oh no, 
I'm scared, drops the key. And he's like, Megan, go get the key. Like, I'll take care of the skeleton. So Jim manages to use the torch to hit the head of the skeleton off of its body. And he's like, Megan, Megan, have you found the key? And she's like, no, not yet. I'm looking. And he's like, okay, take your time. Like, don't worry about it. Just need to find the key. All of the caskets on the shelves in the mausoleum begin to open. And he's like, actually, amendment to what I just said. (laughs) Hurry up. Find the key immediately. Yeah. So the skeletons begin just coming out. And Megan finally gets the key. Um. She sees the skeleton like coming toward her underwater and screams and like pops up and she is surrounded by all of these skeletons trying to get her. But Jim reaches down and he's like, grab my hand and they get out of the water and they bound up the stairs. But Michael's like, hurry, hurry, Mm -hmm. run. And the door just slams shut in front of them. Sure. Yeah. It's um this is definitely like the creepiest scene in the movie to me at least. Cuz like the the rest of them we have like a lot of humor and like a lot of stuff that kind of like lightens it, but this is like I think genuinely like the scariest part. Um I think they did mm-hmm. like such a good job with the the skeletons because they're not CGI. Like these are real extras and they basically I was Whoa. I was watching in the behind the scenes that what they did was they cast like a bunch of super, super, super skinny dudes so they could make a cast <laughs> of their body and basically like then attach this like ripped clothing and all these like protruding bones and stuff like that. So that the guys were like small enough that they could just like put this suit on and then it would look like they were actual skeletons. And Mm -hmm. because a lot of them are, like, they're essentially, like, day players, like, extras, right? But they didn't want them just showing up on the day and being, like, okay, now, like, pretend you're a zombie and have it look really bad. So they actually, like, hired them to do, like, zombie classes, essentially, where they would kind of, like, choreograph how they would get out of, like, a coffin and how they would move around. Um, And I think it looks, like, really convincing, so. Yeah, Yeah, it does. It looks really good. That's also probably why the film was so expensive. <laughs> there you go. That adds up. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely terrifying. I thought it was so – it was over before I knew it mm-hmm. is the only thing where yeah. I thought it was going to be like a really big journey to get the key and to like mm-hmm. – I thought they were going to have more of like a father-daughter moment when yeah. he like picks her up out of the water so I did feel like that was a missed opportunity. It did look very cool, though. Yeah, I think, like, even after, as we'll talk about, like, after they escape, mm-hmm. if they had, like, a moment with the kids and the dad. Yeah. Like, have some sort of emotional thing, but we unfortunately just kind of, like, cut right to the next thing. Right. So at this point, Jim and Megan, they are trapped. The The zombies are pursuing them. They're right on their tail. They're screaming for Michael to open the door, but that door on the outside, covered in spiders. His worst fear, and the only thing we really know about him. And they're begging him to open the door. Yeah. He's like, I don't have a magazine. And brother. Jim actually changes his tune from before when he was like, oh, you can't be scared of anything. Now he's like, listen, I know you're scared. It's okay to be scared. Like, I get scared sometimes too. I'm scared right now. But like, you can do it. You can't let it stop you. And uh, Michael does get the courage up 
and he opens the door and they make it out of the tomb just in time. They do have to, unfortunately, um, sever one of the skeleton's arms in the process, but they make Mm -hmm. it out. And instead of having like any sort of like real moment beyond just like a hug, they're like, okay, got the key back to Madame Leota we go. Right. Just immediately they're at Madame Leota's and show her the key. And she's like, now you'll need to find the trunk. And Jim is like, the trunk? Okay, all you said was that I need to find the key and now you're selling me on a trunk? So Jim picks up the crystal ball and she's like, oh, what are you doing? I'm feeling nauseous and brings her right to the attic. And he's like, all right, where's the damn trunk? So they find it. They open it up. And he asks her what he's supposed to be looking for. (laughs) It's like, there's a ton of junk in here. And Leota tells him to find the thing that can be read. I think that would have sent me off the edge. (laughs) Because it's like, at that point, just tell me the letter. Just be like the red envelope. Right. So Jim finds this letter from Elizabeth saying that she's like in love with him. And she'll marry um, She can't wait to be with him. Right. So they all realize that Elizabeth didn't kill herself. Ramsley comes out of the cut from nowhere Mm -hmm. and tells Jim that he's more persistent than he thought. It's always the butler. It is. So he dismisses Ezra and Emma and Jim asks why he killed her. And Ramsley is like, well, Gracie wouldn't listen to reason. And I told him it would end badly. Ramsley tells him that it was his responsibility to run the house and make sure he didn't run away with her and it would have left the house to fall and ruin. So Jim wants to tell Gracie, but Ramsley says he must never know and Edward and his love will be reunited and the curse will be broken. It will all end tonight. So Jim is like, that's cool. Where the fuck is my wife? (laughs) And Ramsley is like, oh, she's getting ready for her wedding. And Jim is like, she can't get married. Like, this dude is dead. She's not. But Ramsley says that can easily be corrected. So the grand plan is for them to get married and then to kill Sarah so that she can join Edward in the ghost realm. That's crazy. Yeah, pretty crazy. Um, Jim then threatens to kill Ramsley, but Ramsley is literally a ghost, so good job. (laughs) And then Ramsley summons a trunk to lock the children in. And Jim is like, you know, demanding that he let his children go, take him to his wife and let them out of here. And Ramsley is like, oh, you want out of here? No problem, babes. So he picks him up by the throat and throws him Mm -hmm. out the window shockingly jim does not die from this right (laughs) he does manage to like land on his car yeah and this is a movie where we've like outwardly admitted yes mortality is real yes like people die a lot of death (laughs) yeah so yeah he somehow does not sustain any injuries really at all and when he stands up we watch as all the windows of the house slam shut edward leads sarah into the ballroom and says that this house has waited so long to have its dark shroud lifted. And tonight, he believes it might be possible. So he asks Sarah if she believes that love is about second chances and forgiveness. And she says, yes. And Gracie is like, 
do you remember me? Do you, do you recognize mm-hmm. me at all? And he gets super intense yeah. and asks her to remember, like, we spent our last moments together. We danced together. <laughs> and the cue ghosts like dancing around them. He's like, for the last time before you killed yourself. But now you've returned and we could be together. It's so menacing. Sarah's like, got a blast. So she runs away. And he just follows her. He's like begging her to remember that she's Elizabeth. He's her one true love. And she's like, I'm not Elizabeth. Like, uh." Uh. and begs him to leave her alone. She shuts the door on him. And Edward is like, Edward Gracie. Yeah. Yeah. You get the picture. Same person. He's like, "Uh, it can't be her. Like she would remember But Ramsley says it is. Madame Leota prophesized her return. In time, she will remember. I did really, uh, I really enjoyed the camera work in this scene. I thought, like, the way that um, it was, like, spinning around the two of them, and then we see, like, the ghosts start Mm. to appear, I thought was super cool. And also, like, a really nice callback to, like, the dancing ghosts in the ride and everything. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it definitely, like, it gave me such an unsettling feeling. It was... Very effective. Yeah, I liked that moment. I thought it was good. Yeah. Meanwhile, outside, Jim is trying to break the window, but the glass just like automatically repairs itself. He's not getting in. Sarah in her room is trying to find a way out when Ramsley appears behind her and she's like, oh my God, thank God you're here. Like Mr. Gracie, he's losing it. And he just goes, Mr. Gracie is expecting you. You need to put on your dress for your wedding and she's like what the fuck like i'm not elizabeth and she said and he says that she is and she'll see it in time obviously she does not want to go through with this whole wedding nonsense but she has to agree because ramsley threatens her children (gasps) dark yeah so he leaves the room and tells Emma and Ezra to get her ready and threatens them too and is like, there's a worse fate than purgatory. So I was like, what could that be? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the next thing we see is Sarah walking down the aisle. I see you wrote the wedding march in minor. OMG. It was so unsettling. I was like, ooh, I don't it like was. hearing it in minor. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, ooh. Minor chords are weird. It's so crunchy. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, Jim is being a sad sack outside. He's like slumped against the car. He pulls Sarah's watch out of his pocket when Madame Leota rolls up in her crystal ball. Literally, yeah. (laughs) How she got there, I'll never know. Yeah. And he talks about how this was all of his fault for making like his family come here And Madame Leota says it's not too late, but Jim is like, I tried to get back in, but I failed. And she's like, you try, you fail, you try, you fail, but the only true failure is when you stop trying. So Jim gets in his car, Madame Leota's in the passenger seat with the freaking seatbelt on. He's like, hang on. And she's like, with what? (laughs) Right. And he like backs his car up and just like catapults in through the window finally makes it back into the mansion meanwhile in the ballroom sarah tearfully walks her way down the aisle to edward gracie 
while Ramsley begins the ceremony. Jim finds the trunk with his children in it, which is being guarded by these suits of armor. And somehow very easily, he like manages to like skillfully avoid all of their attacks. He's like, suddenly I'm trained in martial <laughs> arts. Yeah. And, uh, you know, manages to free his children as the vows are going on. Ramsley pours some poison into Sarah's wine glass so that she can join oh, Gracie in the afterlife. And thankfully, Jim and the kids bust into the ballroom just in time before she takes a big old gulp. Sarah and Jim reunite, and Gracie is like, I've lost Elizabeth once, I'm not losing her again. And Jim tells Ramsley to tell the fucking truth about what he's done. And Ramsley's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. And so- All right, Ramsley. Yeah, okay, gaslighter. So Jim (laughs) tells Gracie the truth that Elizabeth didn't kill herself. It was Ramsley. He's been lying all along. But Gracie doesn't believe him. He draws his sword. And Sarah is like, listen, man, I am not Elizabeth. You need to listen to reason. (laughs) So Jim says that Ramsley just wants him to think that she's Elizabeth so that the curse will be lifted. Mm -hmm. Gracie doesn't believe him. So finally, Jim shows him the real letter that Elizabeth wrote, which Ramsley stole. And he obviously sees that it's written in her handwriting. It is genuine. So Ramsley finally has to admit to what he's done and says that their union was unacceptable But Gracie wouldn't listen to him, and it would have been a mistake. Edward is in complete disbelief, and he's like, I loved her. Was love my mistake? Really, it's tragic, honestly. It is so tragic. So Ramsley just goes on. He's like, you don't know how many sacrifices I've made all these years. Damn you. Damn you all to hell and like his eyes start shining eyes turn away it's crazy there's lightning windows smash ghosts flying in all over the place ramsley's (laughs) creepy eyes fire the fire fucking jumps out of the fireplace fire yeah (laughs) when i tell you when i saw this i was like excuse me yeah like i wouldn't let a 10 year old watch this film <laughs> it's pretty crazy they really went it's for not, it <laughs> they were like oh he says damn you damn you all to hell hear me out guys what if we actually got hell yeah to come out in the thing right we just send him to hell i was hell i was shocked <laughs> we well, pic- picture it i was literally shocked that they first of all would even like reference hell by name right but that they like literally do send him down there you know in a few short moments yeah because like the fire rises up into the air like a dragon and at first i was like oh this is like in ramsley's control like he's doing this but no the fire is not on his side because it goes to swallow him up dragging him back to like the fireplace which the floor has now given out and we just see the pits of hell Um, That we do. While Ramsley is being dragged, he grabs hold of Jim's foot and starts dragging him down with him. So Jim is like hanging by his fingertips on one hand about to fall into the fiery pits with Ramsley fucking hanging on his ankle like a parasite. (laughs) Thankfully, 
Edward Gracie steps up. He goes, he pulls Jim out. Ramsley, we watch as he falls into the fiery pits of hell. And uh, the floor closes up. So that's the end of that chapter. They're like, do, 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 do. Anyways. Floor closed up. Crazy. That- Anyways, crazy that that just happened. Yeah. <laughs> so luckily Jim is out of the pit and Megan and Michael are like, dad, we look over. Sarah has collapsed. It's just one thing after another. <laughs> I know. And they think like, oh, could it be the poison? Jim is just like holding her, trying to get her to come to. It is really sad. He's like, I love you. I love you so much. Yeah. It's cr- this whole. I'm like, I'm still shook from the hell. Yeah. Emotional I'm whiplash still- going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this the blue orb from before floats over to Sarah and this bright pillar of light just emerges from the sky and Sarah's body floats upwards first like horizontally and then she is like upright mm-hmm. Gracie is like Elizabeth and she says yes my love <gasps> and explains that the truth had to be revealed in order for her to be released and that Jim saved her. And Jim is like wow. smiling. He's like, thank God I did something right. <laughs> so Gracie says he's waited so long for this moment. And she tells him, only heaven awaits. And they kiss. And they kiss for a minute or two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's so long that Megan and Michael just like look disgusted. And Jim is like, hey, that's not that's not your it's not really your mom. Yeah. And then he taps Gracie on the shoulder. And he's like, uh, that's my wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Elizabeth leaves um, Sarah's body and Sarah comes too. And he's like, I thought I lost you. And she's like, I thought I lost you. Gracie asks for their forgiveness. And Jim is like, there's nothing to forgive. He loved her. Like you, you loved her. That yeah. was your crime. Yeah. Loving too much. <laughs> so... <laughs> Then hard pivot. (laughs) Hard pivot. Gracie goes (laughs) where he where he got this where he got this scroll from that is bigger than his arm, I'll never know. Mm -hmm. But he has it on him and he says, Here's the deed to my house. (laughs) And just floats away to heaven with Elizabeth. Yeah. He's like, You can sell it, you can keep it, you can do what you want. And just floats off. I got my bitch. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Um, and Emma comes running and she's like, wait for us. And she has like all these bags. And I was just like, what is this for? And she's like, it's all of our stuff. And he's like, we're going to heaven. You don't need that there. And she's like, to hell I do. <laughs> and <laughs> marches over to the beam of light. So they say goodbye to the Evers and float upward as well. And we pan out to just like the castle itself and see all of the spirits from the graveyard and the surrounding grounds also floating up to heaven. Madame Leota says a final rhyme in the backseat of the SUV. What? (gasps) Yeah. She says... um Angels in heaven, together at last, the tale is well ended for those who have passed. Love endures all, no reason, no rhyme, 
it lasts forever and forever, all time. Beautiful. And we see that um, Sarah is driving their like SUV van. And Jim is like, how long until we get there? And she's like, 20 minutes. And he's like, Ugh, nothing's ever 20 minutes. Then we see the quartet just mm-hmm. busting into song. They are attached to the back of the truck, just singing yeah. along. And we actually get a little post-credit scene, which I mm-hmm. had never seen before, but I was taking notes alongside the script, and I was like, what are these final little lines from? So at the very end, if you scroll to like the end of the credits, you see Madame Leota floating around, and she says, hurry back, hurry back. Be sure to bring your death certificate. If you decide to join us, make your final arrangements now. We've been dying to have you. Which I believe is like from the ride. Ooh. Like I think that's the the closing lines mm-hmm. as you leave. Um, and then we watch the candelabra blow out. The end. <laughs> that's the haunted mansion. Well, that was over before I knew it. It's I like, know. Oh, maybe one of the shortest recordings we've ever done. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's a pretty short movie and it moves really quickly. Yeah. I think the pacing is like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. We don't really get a lot of like character stuff. It is mostly just kind of like plot and references and uh, yeah. things move along pretty quickly. I think that like, like my main gripe with this movie is that. I wish that in I mean like I understand why they went with the storyline of like oh a family entering the haunted mansion because like that's what you do when you go on the ride right is like you're entering the mansion but I kind of wish they instead did like an origin story of like the lore of the mansion I think that that would have been better in my opinion or even there were a couple times where they had like the briefest flashbacks Mm -hmm. and I wanted them to kind of just go back and like maybe yeah switch back and forth although it might have been too much for one movie but like right I did feel I I love Eddie Murphy yeah he is a showstopper so that was really nice and I think the movie is like completely average Mm -hmm. um for like a Disney Channel kids movie type of thing but I think the fact that we don't get any development like you mentioned with the characters for Megan being kind of having her relationship with her dad restored and being closer or Michael being a worry wart like Mm -hmm. you could have gone more heavily with that I feel like the only thing we get is that Michael ends up opening the spider store yeah so it's pretty light and then Sarah really has like two lines in the whole movie because she's with Gracie for so long Mm -hmm. so it felt much more like an explanation of the ride yeah. than a story. Yeah. And also, like, the story of the movie doesn't really, like, follow the story of the ride either. Like, there are references to, like, some characters in the ride, mm-hmm. but the storyline is not really the same. I mean, because I, I did find that, like, tonally, like, some – it like. We had that kind of like actually spooky moment in the crypt, but then the rest of it is mostly just, like – a lot of comedy kind of undercutting the spookiness so it wasn't really like scary and i it was something that kind of like bothered me when i watched it but then when i watched this like behind the scenes of like the ride and how it was made and stuff so they had like two different artistic directors that were on the project mm-hmm. one of which was like 
really into like the gags and the humor and the levity. And the other one was very much into like the spooky and the scary. So half of the ride is kind of like designed by this more like light gag guy. And then the other half is designed by like the spooky, scary guy. Um, Mm. So like I get why there is like a little bit of inconsistency because that exists in the ride as well. But I think it just doesn't quite like measure up to like Pirates, which was such a phenomenal ride adaptation into a movie. Oh, yeah, because Pirates of the Caribbean has like a really strong mm-hmm. plot. Yeah. It has characters that you can really like hold yeah. on to. Like I feel like all the characters are very iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there just wasn't enough sustenance mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah, it's pretty much yeah. it. Like, like if you had to talk to someone and you were like, you would just come out of the um, movie theater, like, what would you say? It'd be like, oh, I loved that, like, one-liner Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. had. Or yeah. I loved, like, Madame Leota looked so cool. Like, there mm-hmm. isn't a lot to hold on to. Yeah, exactly. We're missing the, missing, like, the humanity because we just don't have, like, people to connect with. Yeah. Even Emma and Ezra, like, we don't know anything about them. It's it's a lot yeah. of not knowing and filling in the blanks yeah. yourself, which mm-hmm. I feel like the whole point of the movie is to let you in on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that being said, I do think it is like – I think it's like enjoyable. It's not like I didn't in- have a good time. I wasn't having like a bad oh, no, time I thought while it was I was a watching blast. it. <laughs> I thought it was a fun romp. It's a great like B movie to just kind of have on, but it's definitely not one where – I don't know. I just feel like there are some some moments that we're lacking and there's just like there's a lot of potential with Haunted Mansion. It's such a cool ride and it has such a cool history. So I'm just like hopeful that the the reboot that they do will kind of do justice. Um, yeah, I'm curious about the reboot too. Now knowing that it's a different plot, I'm yeah. way more inclined to go watch it. I guess what I can say I really liked other than what I've said 20 times about liking Eddie Murphy um, I liked the family structure. I think it didn't fall into the traps of like, oh, dad is like a, a jerk. Like he clearly cares for his family. Sarah was like a nice foil to Jim where I'm really grasping at straws. But I do think it's a fun romp. I think it's a fun movie to watch at like a sleepover. It's a nice comfort movie. Yeah, definitely. I think it, it could be a good one to throw in, like, especially if you're doing kind of like a Disney rotation, you want to do like the Halloween towns and you want to switch it up to like a non-decom, throw in a little theatrical release. I think that Haunted Mansion is a fun one to have in there. It's also so short that it just kind of like zips right by. I think that it would be a good movie to have on during a Halloween party. Yeah, for sure. And by that, I mean, that- I think I'll play it during my Halloween party. <laughs> Oh my god, I love. Perfect. Um, That being said, what would you like to rate it? It's a hard one because in my mind, I think I I thought I was going to like it like so much more than I ended up liking it. It's hard because it's like a nostalgic favorite, but it's not actually good. Yeah, that is the problem then in it. Um, I think I'll, I have to be honest, this doesn't mean I won't watch again. I think I'll give it a five. Yeah, I was going to give it like a like a 5.5, just slightly above average. Mm-hmm. Extra points just for Eddie Murphy, really. <laughs> oh, yeah. But 
Yeah, that is uh that is Haunted Mansion. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Yes, we have two more Spooktober movies after this one. And we have the Spooktober Patreon movie, which will be released today as well, Beetlejuice. So that was like a fucking wild ride to watch. Love Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah um, definitely check us out on Patreon. We have lots of fun perks over there, which you've heard us talk about many a time. But in case you forgot... You get access to our close friends on Instagram. You get a bonus episode that is picked and voted for by the patrons. You get access to our Discord and a personalized montage shout out. So head over to Patreon if you would like to take advantage. Other than that, you can also follow us on Instagram at Movies That Raised Us, or you can follow us on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. You can also follow us on TikTok at Movies That Raised Us pod. Lots of fun videos on there. And if you want to tell us a little bit more, you have a little bit more to say, you can always email us at movies that raised us at gmail.com. And we will see you next week for our next Spooktober movie. Ooh, ooh. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina. And our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.